friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-V and Toyson Ford. Appreciate you tuning into this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper, as always. Don't forget subscribe, like, follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, you name it. And don't forget, if you don't mind, give us a solid review rating so other people can find the podcast too. On this episode of the podcast, all rich. So we're going to do a little here's the thing. Uh, we'll do a quick crystal ball with uh, with the World Series uh, World Series matchup, and then we'll do a little uh, last call sort of thing. But let's just uh, let's just jump right into this thing, okay? Here's the thing, Packers fans. I think me personally, and I think a lot of us out there, we had. High expectations for this team, and we have might have been a little bit blindsided, or maybe we had the the rose-colored glasses on a little too a little too tinted on there, or we had some beer goggles on or something. Because that's, I mean, another frustrating loss. Kind of running out of words to to really describe and, and try to talk about these last few weeks here. For the uh, for the Packers, I mean, down to three and four now. You got a date with the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, prime time. Bills coming off of a bye as well. It's just, you know, you, you're looking at it, and, and it's not one thing I don't think, but it's a bunch of small stuff that's culminating into a big problem, and that's not winning football games right now for the for the Packers. So. And, and I was thinking about this the, the other night. And I'm like, well, we're trying to figure out. Because I don't know if a, a lot of you are like like myself or whatever, but, you know, you try to figure out the whys, the whats, and the ifs, and, you know, that sort of stuff. And I'm sitting there trying to think of why. Why why is it going like this? And 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 maybe it's just down to the fact that we had so much high expectations that, we were a little, you know, didn't look at it deeper. Not everybody, but the majority. That we had these high expectations, and really, we sh- we sh- we probably shouldn't have. And I'm kind of focusing a little bit on the, well, both on offense and defense, but like on the offensive side of things, it's like, you know, you lose Devonte Adams, and that's the one that gets talked about the most. But I think losing a guy like Marquez Valdez Scantling also had a negative effect on this team, a negative impact on this team. And, I mean, you're talking about this this Packers team that can't throw deep, can't throw, you know, can't take the coverage off the top. That's MVS' specialty, and you're seeing it with Kansas City. I mean, just the other day against against the 49ers, three catches for 111 yards. I mean, he's got the speed, he's got the size, he's a deep threat. So I know a lot of the talk is focused on Devontae Adams, 
But don't forget about MVS, too. I, I, I think if MVS is on this team right now for the Packers, that probably changes, what, a couple games, two games? I think so, at least. So I think when we, you know, it kind of rewinding to the beginning of the, the off or the beginning of the season or even in the off season, you know, what was what was one of the talking points out there with this offense? Oh, you know, no Devontae. Now now Aaron can spread the ball around and and spread the wealth. And and I'll admit, I'm like, okay, I thought that would be a game plan, you know. Losing a guy like Devontae Adams is never – I I never thought it would be a big positive, but I thought there was ways that you could maybe combat it, and one of those would be spreading the ball around. But I think it's kind of been obvious here that maybe we can see why uh, Devontae was, was targeted so much in, in the last few years within this offense. And, and uh, you know, it, I, I think you're seeing, too, what – even if you have a, a reigning MVP quarterback, and yes, he's aging and all that, but if you don't have at least a playmaker uh, at the wide receiver position or a threat or like a, a tight end threat, you know, and no offense to Bob Tunyon, I like him, but I'm talking playmakers like a Travis Kelsey, a George Kittle, you know, those type of things. It's I think we've maybe kind of – overrated or really hyped up the the talent level on this roster if that kind of makes any sense do you guys know what i'm getting at like and and maybe again this is just uh just an excuse it, it literally could be an excuse but i'm just looking at this thing and you know i'm looking at teams not a you know they're they're able to generate pressure on green bay without bringing a lot of you know not even bringing any extra blitzers so if you're able to do that and you have, you know, your your seven, eight guys back in the secondary in coverage against a a receiving core or pass catching core that doesn't pose a big threat to you. Well, yeah, it's going to be a long, long as day trying to move the ball through the air. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you look at Washington, and it's like, okay, they were able to to put some pressure on. They didn't blitz at all. You know, they didn't blitz at all. And <laughs> you, so they, they've got, what, eight guys, eight players, seven, eight players in the in the secondary. So they're matched up against, you know, receivers who are struggling to get open. Okay, struggling to get open. So Aaron's got to hold on to that ball, trying to find somebody open. Well, four or five seconds, and then you got some pressure on you, and – you know, you gotta get rid of the football, and and I'm not trying to make excuses for Aaron either. I mean, yes, he's had some issues with some accuracy, and and I think that thumb is is really bothering him more than what we as fans are being led on. I think that's really having an effect, and I think it's it's clearly evident when you don't throw a hail mary pass, right? When you don't throw a hail mary pass, I think it was evident there that yeah, that thumb issue is is really bothering him and maybe that's what's affecting his accuracy these last couple weeks really throwing low right throwing low by the knees and that we saw that to uh, Romeo Dobbs and a a Robert Tunyon great catch by Robert Tunyon on that play earlier in the game but I think that has having an effect but again when when you have a defense going up against this offense where they don't respect anything about the passing game they don't respect anything about it and they can put seven eight guys back in that secondary 
and just play coverage the whole time, and you have receivers who, you know, can't can't beat that coverage, it's going to be a long day in the passing game. And that's where, you know, when you go back to, to last year where you had a guy like, like Devontae Adams who could get off the line of scrimmage, who could, you know, his release is probably the best in the NFL. And you had the threat of Aaron Jones. Or you had a guy like an MVS who could, you know, take the top off the, the defense and give you some speed over there. When you have those threats, it changes how defenses play against you. You know, maybe you're bringing a little bit of pressure because, you know what, we got to get to that pressure uh, directed at Aaron Rodgers right away so he doesn't have time to get the ball to Devontae Adams or he doesn't have time to throw a deep ball to MVS. You don't have those playmakers or you don't have the threat of some athletic playmakers or athletic receivers or consistent receivers. It changes how defenses play against you. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. These defenses don't respect the Packers' offense. They don't respect the passing offense. And why would they? I mean, for crying out loud, why would they? And no offense to Alan Lazard. No offense to Romeo Dobbs in that. Alan Lazard, is he a playmaking wide receiver? He's made good plays, great catches once in a while. But is he a Jamar Chase? Is he a Devonta Adams? Is he a Cooper Cup? He's not a playmaking receiver, right? Romeo Dobbs, maybe. Christian Watson, maybe in a couple years. But they don't have the, the, the speed, the size like an MVS had where you can throw it down the field. They don't have uh, an athletic receiver with, you know, fantastic getting off the line of scrimmage like a Devonta Adams. These pass defenses don't respect Green Bay right now, and they're adjusting to it. They're absolutely adjusting to it, and Green Bay hasn't figured out how to to counter that. They haven't figured out how to move the ball through the air against defenses who are putting extra players in, in coverage. They haven't been able to figure out how to move that ball and be successful. Once in a while, you see them have good drives, right? Scripted plays and such earlier in the game, but they can't for whatever reason, do it on a consistent basis throughout four quarters. And and the defensive thing, here's the thing, you know, we we op- we thought the at the beginning of the year like okay, this is going to be an offense, you know, Aaron might have more picks, he might not have as many yards or touchdown passes, that sort of thing, but this is going to be a defense that we can ride on and it'll take us to the Super Bowl. Well, those players haven't really been, whether it's players or coaches, play callers, Joe Barry, haven't been living up to that. It's like, you know, they, they play well in the first half, but then the second half they just collapse. Is it a combination of like, well, you know, that's they're getting a little ran out because the offense isn't sustaining drives, so they're out there for more snaps? Is it is it a mindset? Is it, you know, is it... Um, is it, is, it, is it a bunch of different things? Is it play calls? Is it, you know, execution? Maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's a little bit of, of things out there. But there's no doubt that this defense hasn't been living up to the potential or to the hype or to the excitement that we had. You know, defensive line, we were talking about, hey, we've got some help for Kenny Clark. We got some depth. You know, outside linebackers with Sean Gary's been, you know, he's been struggling setting the edge. Preston Smith, I think, has quietly had a solid year. Sean Gary has been getting after the quarterback. Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker has struggled. But again, a rookie. 
I know people don't like hearing that all the time about first round picks, but you know, not everybody's going to be like a Jamar Chase and 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 these fantastic first rounders the first year. Don't close the book on Quay Walker. He had a solid game against Washington, but yeah, he did struggle for a few first few weeks. And people are already calling him a bust. Come on, let's let's just let's let's quiet it down here. And then the secondary, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, Jair Alexander has been inconsistent at best. So the defense hasn't been, you know, they, we've seen glimpses of this of this really good defense, right? But they haven't been able to sustain it. They haven't been able to play at a high level consistently. And, you know, kind of overall, did, did the front office, did the general manager, Brian Gutekunst, you know, kind of look at this roster and and overthink it or or just flat out wrong and in, in, in the assessment that hey this is this this receiving core of this team this depth is good enough to get us there I mean we we do have 10 games left but it's got to change here quick you can't dig yourself into a deeper hole and it's not going to get any easier that's the thing you look at the upcoming schedule for the for the Packers, it ain't gonna get any easier. Are you kidding me? No, sirree. So I think it's a lot of different things. I think it's a lot, and it's just culminating into one big problem. They're not winning games. I think it's coaching. I think it's not, you know, certain positions maybe not as talented as we thought they were. Um, players not executing properly mistakes like flags injuries it's a bunch of different things now for some that just might be a bunch of excuses to just say they are a crappy team why are they a crappy team then you go back to those reasons but I think what it boils down to is maybe and I'm guilty of it and I know some of you listening right now are guilty of it and it's okay to admit it but I think maybe we kind of had too high of an expectation for, for this team. We put a lot on some of these younger players to step it up and, and be big-time contributors. We put a lot on you know these guys like an Alan Lazard or, or a Sammy Watkins to have big years. You know, Alan Lazard to step into a number one spot. Sammy Watkins to have a bounce-back type of year. We put a lot out, a lot of faith in that. Or a lot of trust in that. We did as fans, and obviously the, the Packers did too. But it ain't working out. And I think it kind of boils back down to, you know, you just you need playmakers to, to win in this league. And do the Packers on offense have enough playmakers? Aaron Jones is clearly the best offensive skill playmaker on this Packers team on this Packers offensive team right there's no question about it you know you could say well they need to give him the ball more they need to give him the ball more yeah maybe give him the ball more but they got to stop getting themselves into first and 15 situations or second and 12 you get into those negative plays right away it kind of takes out the running game you need to be able to pass you need to be able to move the ball through the air. You need to be able to throw the damn football. And right now, Green Bay can't. Why? Well, maybe because we 
put too much faith in this receiving core. We put too much faith in rookies to be big-time contributors. We put too much faith in a – I get – you know, think about it. Alan Lazard, probably the third, fourth wide receiver last year to be the new number one. And I like Alan Lazard, but is he a number one? Is he a number one? I think that's a question, a legit question right now. Maybe he can develop there, but I don't know if he's a number one right now. That's why when you had a guy like Devontae Adams and an MVS, your offense is able to do multiple things. Yeah, they targeted Devontae a lot, but you know what? Devontae caught a lot of balls and a lot of got a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. Team's going to stop it. Because when you add a Devontae and an MVS, it, it's it's like a triangle, it's like a circle. Okay, MVS, his the threat of his deep threat helped out Devontae. The threat of Aaron Jones, it does help out Devontae. You take those two away, defenses can focus on one player, Aaron Jones. It affects his game. Having all those guys, while the ball may not be enough to spread around, it helps out each other. It helps out the overall team. Helps out the overall team. And when you put a lot of trust a lot of faith or a lot of expectations or a lot of the workload on on unproven guys you're putting some blind faith into that it could work out and it might not work out but it all comes down to the execution of it and right now these players aren't executing the coaches they're not executing nobody's executing i think it's a lot of small things like if if I'm if I were to compare Tampa Bay and Green Bay both at three and four both veteran quarterbacks if I felt like if there was a team that could turn it around without looking at the schedule if there's a team that could turn it around I'd still pick Green Bay because you know Tampa Bay they've got their veterans they've got good players on there and they're just they can't get it can't figure it out can't get it done whereas Green Bay I feel like they can now does that mean Adding a wide receiver? Hey, maybe getting a wide receiver that could at least command some respect. I've gone back and forth on this thing by adding a receiver by the trade deadline. If you add a veteran-proven wide receiver, you know how much of a difference would that make if it's an execution and Aaron Rodgers and the timing sort of thing? But I think if you add a wide receiver that at least commands respect from an opposing defense... That helps that helps open up things for other people and for the offense overall. And it's just I don't know. It's frustrating, but maybe we just I think the frustrating part of it is 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 two part is, is multi, a couple different parts here. You go back to the last couple of years, NFC Championship appearances last year, one seed all fell short. Now you're looking at it this year, and it's like, damn it. So close those other years and nothing. So it just kind of really, I guess, brings back the memories of what could have been and falling short. And maybe that was the window. And that's where some of the frustrations coming through. And you know the end is coming with like the Aaron Rodgers era and such. And the frustration gets more. And we had really high expectations and, well, they're not living up to it. And there's your other part of the frustration. They got to figure it out here, and I mean, I don't, I ain't picking them to beat Buffalo. I hope I'm wrong, and I'm hoping I'm surprised, and I hope they shock the world. But mm-mm. 
And if they do happen to be Buffalo, well, you better you know keep that magic and and use that as as momentum, as uh, you know confidence builders, all that sort of stuff. But I don't have a lot of faith in there. All right, tell you what, I've rambled on quite a bit there. Take a quick break, and then we're gonna do a little uh, quick crystal ball and uh, really quick last call coming up after these quick messages. Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? Those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. At Toyson Ford, they're proud to serve the drivers of Chippewa Falls with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the Eau Claire, Bloomer, and Elk Mound region the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts center in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealer dealership for all of your automotive needs check them out today at toysandford.net all right time to get your crystal balls out your magic eight balls whatever the hell we want to call them but uh we've got some world series picks to make astros sweeping the yanks to move on to the world series the phillies taking down the padres in five games so astros taking on the phillies i think the astros take it in five i'm going to go with the astros in five games dusty baker finally gets his world series um, I just think top to bottom, I mean, fantastic run here by the Phillies for a team that, you know, kind of in a, a little bit of a battle with like the Brewers and such down the stretch, whether they're going to make the postseason or not. Phillies, you can kind of tip your cap to the Brewers for not taking advantage of when the Phillies were struggling, but that's neither here nor there. I'm going to pick the Astros to get the victory in this World Series in five games, in five games. First game going to be coming up on uh, Friday, though, so... That's your crystal ball predictions for this episode of the podcast. Now, let's do a little last call. I'm going back to the NFL world, and you know, I know we're just seven games into this season, but I think it's clearly, clearly evident that the winner of this Super Bowl is going to come from the AFC. Uh, I look at the NFC, no offense to Philly and, and Minnesota at the top. Philly 6-0, and Minnesota 5-1 and right now. No offense to those teams. But I think when you compare it to Buffalo, Kansas City, I just think it I think the Super Bowl now, if 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 you were to tell if you were to give me the option, and I'd have to still take some courage to do this, but you know, Buffalo and Kansas City versus the field, who you taking? I'd probably take Buffalo and Kansas City. Because I think right now Buffalo and Kansas City are head and shoulders above anybody else in the NFC and head and shoulders above anybody else in in the AFC. Remember a few weeks ago I said there wasn't any great teams. I thought there were some good teams, but there wasn't any great teams. Buffalo is a great team. Top to bottom, Buffalo is a great team. Kansas City would be next on that list for me. And I almost feel like Kansas City is going to make a move before the trade deadline. What that is, I couldn't tell you. But I feel like Kansas City is going to do something. 
Then you look at the the rest of the teams out there, you know, in the AFC. I mean, Cincinnati, Baltimore, you got those teams over there. You know, Miami, I don't know about them. But to me, the Super Bowl winner is going to come from the AFC. I just think AFC, top to bottom, better teams than than the teams that are currently in the postseason picture for the NFC. And, again, that's no offense to Philly. I just don't if, – if, if it's Buffalo versus Philly, Buffalo is going to beat them. Kansas City versus Philly, Kansas City is going to take them down. Same with Minnesota. Buffalo and Kansas City are going to take them down. Somehow Dallas gets there or the Giants. I mean, come on now. It's going to be Buffalo and it's going to be Kansas City. Buffalo and Kansas City, I think, to me, if, if I were to pick Buffalo and Kansas City versus the field, I'm taking Buffalo or Kansas City to win the Super Bowl at this point in time. At this point in time. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. And uh, I want to remind you again, if you don't, if you're not subscribing to the podcast, it's free. Just, you know, go on your favorite podcasting platform like an iTunes on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, all of those places. You has got to like follow, subscribe. It's different for every podcasting platform out there. So Follow, subscribe, so you never miss another episode of the podcast. And uh, don't forget to give us five stars or, or positive ratings so other people can can find out about the Man Cave podcast and join in on the fun with us. I'm going to give you a little bit of a tease here, but coming up later this week, huge, and I'm talking huge announcement. All right? A little bit of a tease right there. So that's another reason why you should be subscribing or following the podcast, all right? Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you guys again soon. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating, too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.